closet um my closet is not what it used to be so we have the doors open so if there's any echo <laughs> that's why because we can't put two adult humans into my closet um but alessandra is my little angel friend so just a background i've known alessandra since when did you go to Wait, st mark were we in preschool <clears throat> when where were you i don't know how old st mark I was a small child <laughs> were you at st mark yeah at what age? Kindergarten or before? Before. Okay, I got there in kindergarten. No, because I remember you. No, I got there in kindergarten. Then I must have been I there. went to Little Angels uh, no, Academy. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I went up until second grade. Okay, yes, yes. Yes. So, okay, so we knew each other since we were five, and, like, the school we went to only had 60 kids per grade, so we knew each other. Um, I always thought Alessandra was the coolest girl because... <laughs> It's true, because she did gymnastics, and I just thought that was so cool, and it's something I always wanted to do, and fun fact, I tried doing gymnastics when I was, like, 16. No. Immediately, no. I couldn't even get a back handspring. Like, at all. <laughs> Not even close. I used to have to use the, like, cheese wheel. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was doing gymnastics, like, in the huge field that we used to do recess in. Right. Like all the other And I thought you were we so cool. <laughs> but um, Alessandra didn't even notice me back then. <laughs> Not true. It's true. Um, also, we're drinking really spicy rosé drinks, so if anyone's choking, that's why. Um, it just keeps getting more violently spicy <laughs> every drink that I take. Don't breathe in. And I also, yeah, <laughs> I understand what you said about the smell because I did it too. Um, okay, so we've basically been in school with each other on and off for a long time. We went to the same high school. Um, did you go to McCarthy all four years? Mm, yeah. So I left after sophomore year and my first two years there I just tried to speak to as little people as possible because everybody was so weird and mean um <laughs> so I just sucked to my little group um I think we got high together one time oh my god with Kevin yes <laughs> yes so um that was like our last memory together then fast forward when I was 23 could that be true? 23, 24. I had an apartment in Fort Lauderdale and you randomly showed up in my apartment because I was yeah. hanging out with our mutual friend Alicia and then she brought you and Ashley. Yeah. Um, and then we went out that night. So just... That was a funny night. <laughs> yeah. So just... <laughs> we won't get into that. Nope. So just random crossings of uh, meeting each other, but like... Never being close. Ever. Just kind of being an acquaintance. Yeah. So, like, I don't think we ever had a conversation. No. And yeah. then, um, I don't know how, did I find you on Instagram? We were obviously following we each other Instagram on social media. Friends, and I saw what you were posting. Mm -hmm. I was like, this girl? <laughs> <laughs> I need to be in her life. <laughs> she is a witch. And then, in, a good, in a good way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes in the bad way. And then, 
Um, yeah, and then you supported my life coaching stuff, and then you ended up moving to Orlando, which I was like, <laughs> and now we're friends, and it's so special. And planning our move to Raleigh. Yes, we can't <laughs> wait to move to Raleigh <laughs> with our Dobermans. <laughs> so that's how we're here today talking, but I wanted to talk to you about you being a mom. And I almost got, like, stressed at first when that was the topic because I was like, oh, that's that thing that we do to women of, like, you're a mom. And, like, that's your whole identity. But I – obviously, we're at an age where, like, people are just becoming moms now. Like, my two other best friends are pregnant right now. And it's just been so interesting to watch a new generation of moms because it looks so different and you're, like, the prime example of that. And I just want, like, my friends who are pregnant and then everyone else who's in our age group who's going down this road to just hear, like, the different things that you do because it's so cute. Because, like, we're all on TikTok. We all see the gentle parenting and blah, 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 blah. But, like, you have a way of, like, being, like, real with your daughter but mm-hmm. also that cute, like, new age mom thing going on. Um, but what I first wanted you to talk about was, like, a summary of your evolution as a person because I feel like that's something we've both talked about that we were kind of like pretty fucking weird versions of ourselves at one time and then now we're like pretty wonderful but because we've like worked to be that way yeah so how would you summarize your evolution as a human oh my god <laughs> no pressure well this one day I was born um <laughs> no so I was like you and when I was young and just being kind of a rebel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got into drinking and partying, I think younger than I, a lot of other people, like around 14. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of, I was just kind of this crazy party girl until college. And then towards the end of college, I think I got it all out of my system and I started having one of many identity crises oh, yeah. of, like, is this it? Like, I'm not interested in this anymore. Like, I don't feel like I have any real connections beyond, like, maybe one or two people. And through that realization, I just started going down a path of, I guess, self-discovery. That sounds so cliche. But I started reading happens, books. So. I literally, I hated reading my whole life and I started reading books and my perspective on life just really started to drastically shift and I realized I'm not putting up with a lot of the things that I've put up with in the past mm-hmm. and I want to rewrite my story and only tolerate things in my life that I knew I was worthy of and deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I was like, goodbye, everything that... Do you know what books you read first? Because I feel like that's so common for people who start this journey. It's because they read a book. (laughs) So the two books that had the biggest impact on me was The Last Lecture. Okay. Do you know about that? So it was about this teacher. I think he was at Carnegie Mellon. um, Very famous professor who was diagnosed with terminal cancer with three young kids. Or I think it was three and Mm -hmm. a wife. And he writes about his life and everything he wants his kids to know because he's not going to be around for them to grow up. Mm. And I was thinking about, like, at the time I was in a really bad relationship for mm-hmm. many years. It was mm-hmm. probably, like, three years. And I was thinking, like, I tolerated a lot of really toxic behavior. 
and I was thinking I don't want my like my future family and kids to know about this type of history like this is what our family is built on yep and it was after that book that I was like goodbye good (laughs) yes and entered this new uh, phase of like what I was willing to tolerate in relationships Mm -hmm. um and then the other book was what was that many lives many masters oh good one so good my mom recommended it to me and when I read it I was like what yeah (laughs) into that and yeah it just expanded my mind into I don't know what I don't even know how to really explain it that's why I love books like they're so powerful like now it's to the point where I have a problem where I just collect books and then I'm not actually reading them so I have to like I've committed to not buying any more books for now, but then you just said this thing about the lecture thing, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get it. <laughs> it's really good, and if you like to cry... <laughs> oh, my God, it's like my it number one so, pastime. It's just so profound. Um, and, yeah, I, for a long time, never resonated with religion, and you and I were raised Catholic. <laughs> we went to many Catholic schools together. Yeah. And that was, like, a really big, like issue in my life of not like is this it do I have to believe this and if I don't then I don't believe in anything is there really no other way of thinking about life Mm -hmm. and then through books and discovering whoa there's so much out there that we don't know that is inexplainable Mm -hmm. um just I found things that resonated with me much more in terms of like spirituality yeah I went through that cycle of like abandoning Catholicism and then being so atheist that I was like, no, you're just, like, dead, and then you're a piece of dirt after, like, and then if anyone was spiritual of any kind, I was like, what a fucking idiot, and now I'm, like, the most outrageous version of, like, collecting crystals, and everything (laughs) is a sign, and angel numbers, and la la la, and, like, it's just another version of, that's the thing I just have opened myself up to, to be able to relate to other people, and be compassionate of other people, is that my beliefs now are still a version of all these things, Catholicism, Christianity, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, and if you talk to people about their religious views, you realize that you're saying the same thing with mm-hmm. interchangeable words. But, like, don't say God and Jesus to me because I'll have a meltdown. We have to call her she in the universe and then we can talk. But if I hear God, I'm like, who? <laughs> so I'm, like, still trying to overcome that because, like, as silly as it sounds, it makes my stomach hurt. Like, I'm not trying to be, like, dumb and, like, not understanding of other types of people. But, like, I hear the word God and my body's like, no. You're probably still healing. Oh, 100%. <laughs> probably a lifetime of just being forced. And something, something that I also realized growing up with, because where we lived, we went to St. Mark, but there was a bunch of Catholic schools around us. We played, like, sports against each other, so you would end up knowing kids that went to other Catholic schools. And I've seen the evolution of them, and, like, Emery, for instance is very spiritual, definitely does not align with, like, organized religion whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but loves Jesus, thinks Jesus is the best guy, and, like, like, calls on Archangel Michael, like, these, like, Catholic people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that, even when you've converted to this other version of spirituality, and I think so much of it, what I've realized is, they did not have the type of traumatic experience that people at St. Mark had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it was just very unique. We had a... I don't call people evil ever because I literally don't really think it exists except for, like, a handful of people. 
I just think you end up like you're a traumatized person, so you end up acting in evil ways. But the fucking people that ran that school, like Miss Sandusky, Miss Kevorkian, I'm naming y'all. I hope you fucking hear this one day. Father White, <laughs> evil, horrible people, like so against everything that was supposedly like what Jesus taught. And I understand, like, I'm trying to like get down with Jesus because I feel like. I think he was literally a person who did all these wonderful things. I'm not one to believe that, like, he rose out of a tomb. Like, that's not my vibe. But, like, I think he is a spiritual person, like, Mm -hmm. an important historic spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Just like any other people who aren't under Catholicism that I value. But I think I just had such a negative experience. Then we went to McCarthy, and we found out they were all embezzling money. And, like, it's just... I'm like, oh, these are Catholic people? That's hysterical. <laughs> and the stuff that they made you feel bad about was just insane. Like, yeah, I got called into the office and accused of homosexuality when I was literally 11. Wait, do you remember that party? Yes! Ah! <laughs> you were at that party? Yes! It was like, oh my gosh. Were you part of those pictures? Yes! No! I was so mad at you for posting those! <laughs> I'm a- everybody so <laughs> we're gonna tell a story that is not a representation of who we are now <laughs> okay so there was a party um what 10th or 11th grade or senior no ninth grade no way. yes it was our first year of high school i was not there past 10th grade it was my first party ever wow so uh, a boy in our grade his parents left town and it was the first house party like Standard high school party, the first one I'd ever been to. And me and my friend Kevin were, like, so hyped. We were getting ready, and we went to the party. And then <laughs> what was funny is, like, I didn't even really drink back then, so I'd have, like, a sip of beer and be like, whoa, I am buzzed. Like, I don't even know if I was. It was just, like, the placebo effect. I'm like, I just feel good. <laughs> so we went to this party. <laughs> I can't believe you were part my parents are gonna die listening to I only know Noel and was it Tess? Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyways, I don't really know what happened here. We got to the party, we were drinking, and for some It was cool when I, girls made out with each other. Yes. That was the thing. Uh-huh. And we were not of ourselves, so we were just doing whatever brought us validation and attention. So there were Apparently, Alessandra was there. <laughs> I did not know. I can't believe you didn't know you took the pictures. I just know we got in trouble. I don't remember, but that makes so much sense because it's not the first time I got in trouble for posting stuff on social media. So that's a problem I have, apparently. <laughs> so we all were like in a bed, like kissing each other. I don't even think we were making out. I think we were all like pop kissing. It was so innocent and it was fine. Like, it was silly. And I don't even know, like, was anyone there? We were just doing it for ourselves. No, like, what was, was going like on? There was a crowd. There was a crowd? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> it, there was an audience. That's why we were doing it. Oh, fantastic. Pictures and I'm like, were taken. I'm like, I wonder why people were so mean to me at that school. Huh. Pictures <laughs> were taken and posted on Apparently, uh, Facebook, I posted them on. MySpace. <laughs> whatever was popular. It was MySpace. 
100% it was MySpace. The school got a hold of them, printed them out, and then brought us in one by one and showed us the pictures with our parents. With our parents. With our parents in the room. Yeah. Shaming us. The fuck out of us. Shaming the fuck out of us. And then, I'll never forget, I went home. I cannot believe you were part of this. And we've never talked about this. (laughs) This is astonishing. Okay, so I went home that day, and my dad, who's, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know he's not... Maybe the kindest, gentlest man on the world. So I went home that day, and he's sitting there with the pictures in his fucking hand. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm like, can we just fucking throw them out? Like, we already saw them, we already know. And first of all, we've come such a long way as a society, but like just 15 years ago, like homosexuality was still a fucking issue. And then compound it with, we all go to Catholic school. So, uh, my dad is, he definitely has certain beliefs. And when we got home, he's holding this fucking picture that I wish would just burst into flames. And he's like, so are you drunk in this photo? And I'm, I'm never gonna cop to being drunk. So I was like, <laughs> no. And he's like, so this is you sober? And I'm like, oh, damn, there's no good answer here. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, so you're gay? And I was like, no. And he's like, so you were drunk? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck is going on in the photo? Then I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just silly. <laughs> like, and then I'll never forget. This is the funniest memory. It was the same year that um, I kissed a girl and I liked it came out. <laughs> and I swear on my fucking life, every time I was in the car with my dad, the song came on. And I don't even know if he was like <laughs> taking it in. You know how parents don't really like listen. That. Oh my gosh! And it was a trauma for like a year that every time it would come on, I'd be like, "Oh my god, this song's about me, Hannah." <laughs> so change it, change it. Wow. And but then I wouldn't change it because I'd have to be like, I'd have to like commit to it. Like, oh, I don't. That's not me. And then I would just like play for three minutes, and I'd be like, ah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what Catholic school used to be. I don't know if it's like that anymore, but. How terrible. And also, again, like, we had the worst version of it because, again, I've talked to other people who went to other Catholic schools, like St. David, St. Bonaventure. They all literally say, like, they really enjoyed their school experience. And we just had, like, very specific teachers. Um, We had a teacher that she was actually my first grade teacher at St. Mark, and then she moved to McCarthy. So I had her multiple times for always religion class. And her thing was literally you weren't allowed to ask questions. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's yeah, but that's good. When I'm like, that's you're crazy. Explaining something that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? <laughs> and then, of course, when you're dealing with like kids who are a little bit older, you're like, who lived in a whale's mouth for a few days? We had that happen, and it's like, uh, uh-uh, no, no, no questions. So, yeah, all right. So that was <laughs> our Catholic school experience. So that's why I think I became so anti-religion, like. Not only did I realize, like, organized religion wasn't for me, but I just had, like, the most ridiculous time in that space also. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so I wanted you to talk about your evolution as a person to be clear that you haven't always been, like, some cookie-cutter, sweet baby angel because I feel like the things that moms deal with is they can't relate to other moms or Mm -hmm. the persona of, like, I am perfect mom, and I've always been this sweet lady Mm -mm. who, like, has never made a mistake, and also I parent perfectly, and also I'm a perfect (laughs) wife, and also everything is always clean and everything. So, like, before you talk about how amazing of a mom you are, I needed it to be clear (laughs) that 
you also went through the phase of like not being the greatest version of yourself Mm -hmm. and then you worked to get to where you are Mm -hmm. so that's my favorite story arc so I had to make sure that we (laughs) highlighted that for you Um, no but there was like a point in my life and I think that you put it really well on one of your podcasts where because I was really ashamed of for a long time of about everything that I had done in my past and (laughs) felt very guilty for a lot of things that went down and you said like you shouldn't be ashamed of your past self because they were brave enough to make a change mm-hmm. into who you are now. Yep. Oh my gosh, that hit so deep. I think about it all the time, actually. Uh, I do too. So me and Emery used to constantly make fun of who I was. Like, it was the running joke of, like, the demon I used to be. And then the more that I grew, the more, like, mind you, Emery was just used to, like, me making that joke, so Emery would make the joke. And then... I started feeling like every time Emery would make a joke about that, I'd feel that twinge of, like, don't fucking talk about me like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, why am I feeling that? Like, I started this joke, and now Emery's just, like, with me on it. <laughs> like, the fuck? And because I'm very, like, I handle basically everything with humor, so I just used to, like, laugh at the person I used to be. Like, it's really all you can do mm-hmm. other than grow. So I started getting, like, defensive, and I'm like, where's that coming from? And then I realized... It was a good sign of, like, loving myself, which includes Mm -hmm. all the versions. And I'm like, no, that little dumb bitch woke up one day and was like, this is not it. So, like, she's the smartest version of all of us. Like, all the versions I've been, that's actually one of the smarter ones. Because she was like, "Uh Mm uh-oh, something's wrong. Yeah. And then I literally, like, expressed that to Emery, and Emery's like, oh, my God, 100%. Like, so sorry. (laughs) Because I was like, I know I started the joke, but it's uh, pissing me off now. And everybody's like, oh, my God, I did not know. <laughs> I'm like, we need to just talk lovingly about her. And, like, it's sometimes still funny. But I think now that I just expressed that general idea now, it mm-hmm. just made me feel better to be like, to be clear, I don't actually think that way about that version of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, she was real silly, but also, <laughs> thank God for her. She's the one that got Unreal. us here. Yeah, I totally agree. So... Okay, you were a younger-ish mom. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like I was the first one. Yes. One of the first ones from our school or our circle that got pregnant. Yeah. And out of wedlock. Ooh, <laughs> out of wedlock. So spicy. <laughs> For a Catholic girl. Ooh, it's not good. No, but I feel... I don't know. It happened perfectly. And up until I got pregnant I never wanted to be a mom ever and I would talk about how I didn't want to be a mom and then I read met my my partner Ryan and it was like night and day everything switched I was like I need to have a baby with this man I want to spend the rest of my life with him Mm -hmm. and once we got pregnant like it was fucking magic it really was and I remember texting him because he was in dc i was in hawaii he had just moved for a new job i was looking for places out there and trying to build our life together and i found out i was pregnant at like 10 p.m one night and texted him because i'm not the type of person that can just hold information no absolutely not <laughs> same no right now same and so i texted him and then woke up to the most beautiful text about how he cannot wait to be a family with me he's going to mm. support me no matter what decision i want to make but we're going to be excellent parents and I was like hmm. <sighs> I have heard this sentiment over and over and over um that there's 
so many women I know, whether personally or I've just heard stories about it on podcasts, whatever, that they were adamant about not wanting to have kids or being, like, highly unsure at best. And they met someone and they were like, no, immediately yes. Mm -hmm. Like, my friend Ashley was that way. Like, eh, I'm good. Like, kids seem like they really ruin a lot of stuff. And, like, Ashley's very, like, free-spirited, has always traveled and was like, I see people's lives, like, kind of come to a halt with kids. Like, it wasn't for her. Mm -hmm. And then when she met her husband, she was like, I have to have that person's offspring. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then through getting pregnant, I started questioning, both of us started questioning everything that was basically traditional about life, like marriage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were both like, okay, I guess we should get married. And then we started looking into it and realized why like, right, right for what it's perfect the way it is like why do we need to get the government involved you yeah know? um and a lot of other things that are controversial in today's world yeah and yeah i don't know and then you go through these really profound experiences in your life some of them being trauma which i did after my daughter was born and to this day, I continue to gain more perspective about life from something that happened almost six years ago. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I want to raise my daughter to be open-minded and curious and loving. And, yeah, that's how I raise her. So, your parenting style, did that happen because of the place you were so that it was a kind of like a natural way for you to parent did you do research were you trying to figure out different ways like how did you parent just, just more happens. openly okay I think it seems more complicated from a, a view of not having a child because once you do it's like you've always been a mom mm-hmm. like you just innately know how to parent and it's not easy but there's no books you can read or anything that are, is really going to prepare you for the experience. You know what the best thing is for your child. And that's what I've always trusted. I, through a lot of healing, I'm very close with my intuition and I trust it because every time I've strayed away and haven't, it's backfired on me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I. that's how... Have you found yourself having to battle whatever parenting styles you learned from your parents or things that were structurally normal at some point? Like, just certain ways that, like, parents talk to their kids or messages that are shared in front of them that maybe shouldn't. Like, do you find yourself having to, like, pause for a second and be like, oh, I was going to do that thing? Yeah, um... In my, I love my parents. I am so grateful for the way that they raised me. And there's so much that I take and transfer into Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But I think as each generation comes, you get to choose what you want to leave behind. Yeah. And so that's what I do with Cassidy. Um, I think in my family, there were a lot of things that were off topic and things that we just didn't talk about. Yeah. And with my daughter, Ryan and I just, we talk about literally anything and everything in front of her. We are so transparent because shielding her from that stuff is not going to help her as she becomes an adult. Life is complicated. It's sad sometimes. There's a lot of different things that you have to navigate. It's not just like all rainbows and butterflies as, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. five-year-olds. And we don't, 
I want to say this, like, we don't, we explain it in a way that's appropriate for her to be hearing. Like, right, I'm right. not going to be talking about things that are so beyond her comprehension and messed up. Right. So we're very careful about that, but very, very open with her. Um, I think something that I struggle with the most is my lack of patience. Like, I do, I, I think I'm an amazing mom, which is hard for me to say. <laughs> Ryan is an amazing father, but I struggle with a lack of patience that I learned from my family. And I constantly have to remind myself, like, calm down. Is the way that I react going to make me feel good? Or am I just acting on impulse because I'm trying to, you know, shut down a certain moment or tantrum or whatever? So I think that the biggest thing for me has been patience Mm -hmm. and breathing. Mm Because it's not easy. They will test every single boundary. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) To your depths. Um, But I love her. And she is so kind and hilarious and thoughtful. And she has such perspective about the world. And I know that that's because of how Ryan and I are parenting her. Yep. And I'm very, very proud of that. Yeah. So... I've seen you guys just in little examples set boundaries and I think that's so important because she now under she's just probably always heard boundaries so she's not insulted by them Mm -hmm. it might hurt her feelings for five seconds that's what boundaries do sometimes Mm -hmm. with everybody but I think it's so important to do that because I feel like sometimes in parents minds they're like oh, that boundary is mean, or, like, they're not going to say it that way, so then they just wait till the kid pushes them, and then they snap. And it's, like, how is that better than just setting the boundary from the start? Like, I've seen the last time I was at your house, she was being, like, very touchy and touching your face, and you were, like, mommy doesn't like her face touched. Like, so simple. And she was, like, oh. And, like, immediately knew not to touch your face anymore. And you were so gentle where, as if you didn't set the boundary, and you just kept letting her touch your face because you didn't want to say, hey, mommy doesn't like that. Then 10 minutes later, you're like, don't tell my Like, which I, that's the reaction I see more from parents more often is like the snapping as opposed mm-hmm. to the initial boundary. Yeah. And then when you guys were here for New Year's, um, we had a little meditation space outside. So you were outside with the door closed and she was about to go out. And Ryan was like, mommy's having alone time. And I think like that is so important mm-hmm. because it's going to be instilled in her. So she's never going to think it's weird sad mean whatever Mm -hmm. and parents don't give themselves that and then end up imploding Mm -hmm. because they don't establish that humans need to be alone for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and you need to go entertain yourself for a second boundaries are huge in our family and not only like our my boundaries are not only important but hers are too and Mm -hmm. I want her to grow up knowing that she can ask for space whenever she needs it yep and I want her to know all the different ways that I could potentially cross her boundaries and things that are not okay for me to do. Yep. Um, which I didn't really learn when I was younger, you know? Like, it was, you don't have boundaries. You're under my house. You're in my house, so it's by my rules. Correct. And there were a Same. lot of things that transpired that I don't necessarily want to give to Cassidy. Um, so, yeah, I love the boundary. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's better for everyone, and again, since she's just being programmed this way because she's so young she's going to be able to set boundaries so easily in the future Mm -hmm. because that's just a normal way to speak to her Mm -hmm. to be like why are you close to me don't touch me Mm -hmm. whereas we all hesitate with that 
as fucking 30-year-olds because mm-hmm. no one did that to us. Mm-hmm. Or it was perceived as, like, you're not allowed to say that. That's disrespectful. That's mean to say, like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up turning into all these other things. Yeah. and So the she- way she is taught is just... I've seen little moments of it, and I'm, like, taking notes in my brain. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I gotta do that one day. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I want her to hold people accountable for crossing her own boundaries because I didn't do that as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, one example that I can think of is when I was younger, I wrote in a diary, like, my deepest, darkest secrets, you know? This is just, just what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and journals in diaries they have a lot of context right like you can't just look at a diary and be like okay that's what my child's going through like there's just so many different you change every single day you feel different every single day sometimes you might even embellish the things that are in there that you then realize later that aren't actually true you're and, literally learning how to be alive so sometimes someone taking your mm-hmm. pencil was the end of the world <laughs> and obviously it's not like you're good yeah like <laughs> The way that you write and express yourself is not black and white. And I remember that that was crossed for me as a child. And that was something that kind of just I held on to for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, And then I remember in my relationship with Ryan, I was writing in my journal one day and I would hide it. Because I was like, I don't want anyone to read this. Because I'm like writing stuff that could potentially hurt somebody. Absolutely. Or, like, it's not a representation of how I currently feel now versus, you know, one month ago, whatever. Yeah. And I remember, like, he asked me, oh, what's this? And it was my journal. And I was like, it's my journal. Please don't read it. And he's like, <laughs> he looked at me. He's like, I would never even think of doing that. Yeah. And it was just like this. Aw. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The little girl slipped out and was like, don't read my diary. Please don't <laughs> read that. You. Please, please. <laughs> And so, just the fact, like, it's so small that I can just leave my journal laying around anywhere in the house, and I know that it will not be touched, uh-huh. is, like, a level of trust to have yes. with a human, and to show Cassidy that, and to yes. say, like, this is something you cannot touch. Yes. And don't open this. Yep. Like, it's truly magical. Like, I'm just grateful. And she's just, like, the smartest girl ever. Yeah. She's smarter she's than awesome. all of us. She's so Emery was like, is Cassidy coming today? And I was like, no. <laughs> Alessandra just wanted to hang out with me, unfortunately, because I just wanted to see the baby. <laughs> I'm like, see you every time. I'm like, I understand Alessandra needs a break, but I never need a break from Cassidy, so I'm like, please. <laughs> She's so great. And she holds me accountable, too. Like, I told you I have a lack of patience sometimes. I just kind of, like, explode. And not in, like, a awful way I just yeah. like my voice raises and I don't always feel good after but if that happens Cassidy literally looks at me and she says I don't think we should talk to each other like that and it's just like unacceptable <gasps> to her that we speak to each other like that and then sometimes she gets loud and we're just like passionately debating something and then it will cool down and she reminds me we shouldn't talk to each other like that and I'm like you're so Right. That's one thing with parenting is that you don't realize how much you are going to learn from your child. Like, you look at parenting and think, I'm going, I teach her everything. Well, and that's, that's, what, that's way, how that's we were dynamic, raised. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and to look at her and, like, see how much she teaches me, I'm like, whoa. I, to me. this day, can't tell my dad we shouldn't speak to each other like that. So that's fucking wild and beautiful and magical that a little girl... Mm-hmm feels comfortable which also just speaks to the safety you've provided because if at 30 i'm terrified because my dad will 
unleash on me if I speak like that to him. Which speak like what? If I just say, like, the way you're cursing me out is not for me, <laughs> then he'll do it even worse. So I'm like, I'm going to just not say anything. So it's so nice that you're creating that space where she could be like... And that's the dynamic that I've been so frustrated with with my dad is, like, do you think that because I'm your child you can disrespect me? Like, that's... I should be last on the list of people you would disrespect. So Mm -hmm. how is that the dynamic? And then on top of it, if I say something about it, now I'm disrespectful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, how do we get here? So it's so nice that you guys are... I used to say this in therapy when I was very little. I would be like, we're both human. It doesn't matter the relationship. We both deserve human decency. Mm -hmm. And I don't get that. So, like, you're showing her that, that there's... There's not a power dynamic. Mm-hmm. You're her parent, her protector, her safety space, her teacher. It's not a power dynamic mm-hmm. where she can't express something because you're in charge. Right. She's a peer. Yes. She's yeah. another human here. And if you said something that wasn't nice or she didn't like the way you talked, she's allowed to be no, like, right. I wasn't into that. <laughs> like, how nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good for them to know that regardless of what they say and whatever way they want to express things that you're going to love them no matter what which is a and part of like them. creating the safe space which is something that I learned from my parents is mm-hmm. the unconditional love aspect like I think parents beautiful. other generations or just people who like maybe haven't done the work they have unconditional love they don't have respect and that's where the disconnect happens for children Because then it's, like, that's why I've had so much trouble in my romantic relationships. Because I'm, like, what love looked like to me is very confusing. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand my dad loves me. I know that if something happened to me, his world would crumble. I am not confused about that. I know he loves me. I am his daughter. What I've, I, again, since I was really little, which is sad I even had this awareness, I used to tell my therapist, we love each other because we're father and daughter. We do not like each other as people. Like, if I ran into him on the street, I'd be like, eek, and he would be like, ooh, and that would be it. Like, he thinks I'm a dumbass, I think he's so mean, and that's how he would go if we were not parent and child. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something I see a lot of with more aware parenting is respect with unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Because unconditional love comes with this thing of, like, I love you no matter what, so I can act like an animal, I can fucking talk however I want, and it's like... That's a good point. And it's so distorting for a kid. Because you always know that your parent loves you, pretty much. Like, you, you're taught that, you get it, you grasp it, you're, like, of them. But then they're so fucking mean. You're like, Whoa. Much confusion. So then, when you're trying to have relationships as an adult, everything is confusing. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, love can be confusing. And sometimes love, people curse you out and are really unkind and disrespect you and cross all your boundaries. Mm-hmm. But they love you, so then you end up in these dumbass relationships without boundaries because you didn't have them with a parent. That's interesting. So you're doing a magical job. You're going to save her. Like, how nice that there's going to be a generation that doesn't do this toxic bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, that's so exciting for you. Oh, I'm sure I will give her so much stuff that she needs to work on. There are certain I think moments. it's just less and less. <laughs> I think it's just less. Not that there's nothing, but yeah. less. There are moments where Ryan and I will look at each other and we're going to be like, yeah, she's going to have to work on that. That's a moment. (laughs) 
That goes in the trauma book. We're gonna book. have to unpack that later. <laughs> Good luck, sister. <laughs> no, but my parents did a really, really amazing job raising my family, I think. Um, and there's a lot that they did not take from their parents that they were able to give from us that I am, like, eternally, eternally grateful for. My mom did so much of that. Like, her upbringing was so wild. And she was really the first generation in our family to treat me differently and like speak differently like Mm -hmm. she came from such an abusive like chaotic environment and she was always level-headed with me she did not scream at me she had boundaries I knew not to fuck with her but like she was my friend like she was so loving she was always respectful of me I don't know if she ever did it behind my back but that I've always said she was so respectful of my privacy like Mm-hmm. I never found her going through my stuff like nothing nothing like there was like and I hid stuff so I would have known if she would have found me. <laughs> um sorry mom so <laughs> well she eventually did find a little weed baggie so I think I left that somewhere like a dummy <laughs> just crazy <laughs> why laugh because like I'm I like thanks got... for respecting my privacy I hid shit from you <laughs> rude I, yeah I got in so much trouble multiple times in my childhood for smoking weed, and now my family is, like, very much a marijuana advocate oh, <laughs> and enthusiast. It's so funny. What got I my mom comfortable it. with it was she had a partner when I first went to college, and we were already always, like, truly best friends, and then I think when I went to college and she kind of, like, relinquished the parent role, we became even closer, and, and she was, like, really open to talking about anything. Mm-hmm. Which she was for the most part, but, like, with some parental boundaries, kind of like how you talked about with Cassidy, you're not just going to be saying wild shit in front of her. Mm -hmm. But she was like, I have to talk to you about something. She was like, I know that you like weed. (laughs) My mom was a police officer, so, like, let's also mention that. So I understand why she was not really smoking weed every day. And she was like, my new partner, we won't say his name, um, smokes weed. And I was like... Secretly, I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay. She was like, I don't know what to think of it. Like, I just have this certain perception of it. Like, and I was like, listen, if you called me and told me this man drinks a glass of vodka every night, I would be concerned. Mm -hmm. A man who smokes weed every day, enjoy. God bless you. Probably very mellow. Very relaxed. Very nice guy. (laughs) Like, I was like, it's so astronomically different. And mind you, I've grown into a space where, like, marijuana is not part of my daily life. And I think that can also be used as, like, a false coping mechanism. So there's Mm -hmm. balance with everything. But, like, if I had to pick if, especially someone who's around my mom, is drinking or smoking weed, please be high. (laughs) Like, I don't want to deal with, like, do you get mad when you're drunk? Do you drink when you drive? Like... Yeah. No. So, I feel like that relationship, and he was, like, a fully functioning man with a job with, like, he was a person. He wasn't, like, you know, the commercials of the girl mounting into the couch. Like, that was not him. <laughs> that was so inaccurate. Like, and like who has ever? Maybe if you take an edible. Yeah. But, but like, for me, edible makes me go manic and run around because I think I'm going to die. So, even still, <laughs> not melted into a couch. I think it, it is so important to explore your consciousness. Yes. Like, on different levels. Yeah. Uh-huh. And even the anxiety that comes from weed should be paid attention to. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like you're uncovering something. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time that, like, 
when he has the panicked weed high, he's like, I love it. Something's happening. Mm-hmm. Something is coming. Something's coming up. I'm dealing with something. And I'm like, oh, that's so brave. I hate that feeling. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that shit makes me not smoke for a year after. I'm like, that was bad. Literally the same. I would love one day to do some type of, like, controlled therapeutic me too, with doctors. <laughs> like, please People help me. know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I can be in peace. My anxiety just is on another level. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, so I want to cover the last thing about homeschooling. So my perception of homeschooling is the parents are fucking weird. The kid's fucking weird. Everybody's weird. Everyone's weird, yeah. Yep, the kid has no social interaction it's going to grow up to be a serial killer. The parents are also weird because they don't want, like, their kid around anyone or, like, that's just been my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that the world gets really fucking weird and unsafe, the older I get, the more anxiety I develop, the more I realize, like, it's going to sound so fucking stupid, but the way I love my cats, I'm like, oh, my God, imagine if I have a human <laughs> so I can... I already know that my work as a parent is going to be not imposing my anxiety on them because my natural inclination will be to put it in a cage next to my bed and be like, mommy's baby. And you're not fucking leaving ever. Nowhere. (laughs) You're not fucking going outside to play. No, no, no. Like, God forbid, if I don't see you for two seconds, you're for sure dead and I can't really handle it. So I feel like more than ever, I'm like, homeschooling sounds fantastic. It is. And then yeah. someone who you respect, who you know is normal, <laughs> does it, and you're like, all right, I want to yeah. know everything about it. So what is that decision like? What got you there to begin with? So Ryan and I have always kind of thought that we would homeschool her, but it was always a distant thing in the future, and we were like, yeah, we're going to do that. That'll be cool. And yeah. didn't really put much thought behind it or what that would look like. Uh-huh. And then now we're a year out, and I started to kind of panic. (laughs) So, like, what are we supposed to do? Because we don't agree with a lot of the things that are taught in public school curriculum. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that happen because you're sending a bunch of kids with little direction to Mm. a a school. Yep. Um, There's... School is for learning, but sometimes there's not that much learning going on. For sure. Um, And so... Also, like, we live a very flexible life, and I want to give that to her, too. Mm-hmm. So I started researching, and it was a chaotic mess because I was on, like, our Florida government website and trying to get information about homeschooling. And obviously, they want to encourage kids to attend public school, so there wasn't any clear information about it other than the laws. And if you've ever read a law, it's very hard to understand. <laughs> no, it's like nine paragraphs to say, like, you can't do this. And you're like, can you just, want... no, let's make it one sentence. <laughs> and, the, like, the laws are extensive for everything except for homeschool. It's, like, a couple sentences. And I'm like, well, what? So I was thinking my only options were build a curriculum on my own, which I do not feel qualified nor interested in doing. Yep. <laughs> or enrolling her in the homeschool public school thing. And I'm like, well, that's not great yeah. <laughs> because that's like what they're teaching is a big issue mm-hmm. and why we're not sending her there. Yep. But that was like kind of what we settled on. And then I saw one of my friends on social media post something about a curriculum that she's using. She's like the only person I've ever met in my life who's homeschooling. And she recommended a certain curriculum that was nature based. It's 20 minutes a day and you need minimal 
materials. So once I started looking into that, it really opened the door into what a kindergartner actually needs right. versus what they're getting in the public school system, right? Like they're not supposed to be learning for six to eight hours a day. Like they're supposed to be learning through play, exploring the world, reading, singing, doing whatever the heck they want to do. So I decided to go with this, it's called Blossom and Root. It's an incredible curriculum. And that really opened my eyes to how much she is interested in learning. (laughs) And yeah, when it's like, real life learning it's Mm -hmm. interesting (laughs) yeah so it went from okay I'm gonna do this for 20 minutes a day and then the rest will just be like real life experience and kind of designing our life together yeah and now we're up to like three four hours a day because that's what she's asking for like she's constantly asking for more and it's not like sit down write your letters write these sentences it's really fun it's like we're reading stories and we're just exploring topics that she's actually interested in like marine yeah. biology like she wants to learn mm-hmm. about the ocean and yeah. different ways that you can help the planet like <laughs> you can't be that flexible when you're in public school because there are so many kids yep and so I honestly had no idea how much that I would love it mm-hmm. I had no clue I was thinking up until that point, I was very doubtful in my ability to be able to handle something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think part of that is what you learn from, like, society. If you don't have a degree, which we talked about this before, then you are not qualified to educate. Yeah. And there's the stigma that you mentioned of homeschoolers being weird and not being socialized and the parents being weird. And don't get me wrong, there are weird kids and parents just like there are weird there's, kids and parents there's, like, oh. I was gonna say the fact that I even came up with that I'm like did you know who you went to school with like there are some kids that I can think of that I'm like yeah something was yeah probably not going well there in the home and, <laughs> and they were in school so fucking cares and it's becoming a lot more mainstream so there are a ton of resources for the homeschool community so in terms of socialization she's in sports yep um the library has a ton of classes for her so she is in a class that's like for older kids for six to twelve and she's five so she has exposure to more of a classroom style a lot of information but then this collaborative experience at the end with everybody and then a different day we go to like the three to five year olds where it's singing and chaos and like it is (laughs) i'm like take me there There's this one teacher that, like, the kids go, they lose their minds for this guy. Like, he is so animated and fun. And, I like, she has so much exposure to a lot of different people and things. So, she's not going to be weird. (laughs) Like, if she's weird, we're all weird. Like, you know? Correct. Yeah, weird in, like, the antisocial serial killer way, Mm -hmm. which she's not. Like, I, just from knowing her, she's so cute and friendly (laughs) the more I learn about homeschool the more I know that I've made the right decision and I know that not everybody has like the privilege or the ability to pursue homeschooling Mm -hmm. but if you do I think it's something that you should totally look into because as a person who did not have any confidence in myself to teach my daughter yeah (laughs) here I am now like I'm probably a hundred hours deep in homeschool content just learning all of the different things that we can do with it and it is like I'm so happy because it's been a weight on my shoulder for so long Mm because I wasn't happy with the way that I was, like, quote, schooling her before I had, like, a guided curriculum, so. Is this something, and I've asked you this before, so I 
don't know your answer has changed in two months, but is this something that you'll do long term? You're taking it day by day. What's the so overall feelings? Our family is very non-committal, so <laughs> I cannot commit to doing something. Yep, fair. Um, we love that awareness. For a long time, <laughs> I'm going to take it year by year and see what happens. Okay. Um, but right now, I feel very confident in my ability to do this until she gets to college, if she wants to pursue that or not. Yep. And, like, the last time I talked to you, I did not feel that way. Yeah. But through a lot of the um, resources and support that they have, especially on Facebook, like, Facebook groups, if you have any interest in homeschooling, you have to get on Facebook and get into these groups because there is so much support and information from yeah. people who have done this a hundred times over and kids getting scholarships and going to college or pursuing other avenues that are equally, you know. I think slowly everything that is like a normal structure is falling apart, which is for the best. Because if you really think about school, okay, so there was a study that came out of adults at work. In an eight-hour workday, your standard adult is actively working three to four hours a day. And that's not remote. That's when they're in the office with people around them mm-hmm. who could be watching them. Their boss is probably a foot from them. So how the fuck would a child sit for eight hours and take anything that's going on? And then when they don't pay attention and they don't have the ability to sit there calmly, mm-hmm. they have ADHD and we need to medicate them. Mm-hmm. If you put fucking me in a room for eight hours, mm-hmm. what? I'm going to look like an insane person because why the fuck would anyone sit anywhere for eight hours? Yeah, you, you don't have the luxury of catering to every person's individual needs. And I, through homeschooling my daughter, I've realized in my own schooling when I was younger, I always thought I was kind of like dumb and slower. Yeah. Because the way that they taught and tested us did not align with how I learned best. So for my whole life, I've kind of had this lingering thought of like, am I smart enough? And it's like, of course, like now as an adult, I realize obviously you are I so am. smart. I'm extremely well educated. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's self-taught. A hundred percent. And it's because I know my own learning style and that's what I feed to myself. Like I'm not taking the fucking FCAT, which is outdated and not in th- <sighs> a thing anymore. But standardized testing the ITBS. is not for everybody. Do you remember ITBS? No. The Catholic school version? No. Nightmare. I didn't, I... Nightmare material. <laughs> it's hard. Oh my gosh, Ryan and I were laughing about this the other day because he would get into fights with his teachers because he's like, okay, they're in this SAT prep. This question can be interpreted in seven different ways. Like, how do I know to interpret it in the way that you guys are interpreting? Well, if you think of, if you take a group of 30 people, a classroom size... Every single one is different. Mm -hmm. Every single one learns differently. Every single one understands, comprehends, perceives differently. Mm -hmm. Yet they're taught the same way. You got to take the same exact test in the same exact setting. That is a wild version of schooling. And it's the version. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why, like, the Montessori schools, those have gotten more popular because they're a little bit more, like, flexible. But it's just... How would it ever make sense mm-hmm. to teach 30 people the same way and also make them pass the test? And if they don't pass the test, they're fucking dumb. So a lot of people don't know as well. So as in Florida for homeschooling, you have to keep a portfolio and you have to get tested each year in order to move to the next grade. And you're tested mm. if you are... Um, I can't think of the word. If you're with like the public school system... 
and they know that you're homeschooling, you test with the public school teachers. So okay. you are tested in the way that everybody else in public school is tested. I didn't know this until a couple of weeks ago, but they have umbrella private schools that you can enroll your kids in who test based on how you teach as a home educator. Oh. So it is completely I was going to say, thank God, because I'm like, oh my God, she still has to do public school testing? No. So <laughs> like, not only that, is she going to be tested in a way that she understands and is reson- like resonates with, she will graduate with a, p- a private school degree. Yes. You know? <laughs> like, that's girl. really cool. <laughs> yes. And it's free. Like, I did not know that. And I found out through freaking Facebook. <laughs> is the program that you're doing with her free? Or is that no, paid? No, curriculums curriculum? are very expensive. Not as expensive as private school, but mm-hmm. public school is completely free. free. You do have to pay for the curriculums and all the supplies, but... In terms of, like, books and supplies, they have a really high resale value. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the curriculums that we've chosen are a little bit pricey, but they are really diverse in their literature section, which is important to me, that she's not just exposed to, like, white American writers. Yep. And also, there's one that we're doing for math, because STEM is really important in our family, and <laughs> it's just, like, one of those skills that yep. I you know want to put a little bit more emphasis on Mm -hmm. so for math we're doing a curriculum that will put her above the average for students in math in the in public school system so I am very happy there are thousands of curriculums that you can choose from Mm -hmm. um it can get overwhelming because I went from like zero knowledge about this to now I have you're all up in there Uh (laughs) but we really go for secular curriculums and styles that align with us Mm -hmm. so yeah you do have to pay and it is pricey but in my opinion 100% worth it yeah yeah and I think it's like such a good option the first time I got exposed to homeschooling was my previous partner's niece and nephew they started to homeschool them and immediately I was like fucking weird why would they do that they're gonna ruin their life and then the more again that I've like developed a maternal instinct in a way just even through not having kids and just like the world I'm like mm-hmm. ooh, I would love to keep my kid home <laughs> one of my best friends um was homeschooled and when she told me we were like deep into our friendship when I learned that she was homeschooled and I was like wait what <laughs> like, yeah even as a person who wanted to homeschool I had this stigma of aren't they kind of like different yeah and she is like the most incredible human being on the planet and at that point I realized oh my god what (laughs) yes and also it it, who's teaching the person like is it parents who like are abusive neglectful whatever it is okay that's probably contributing to that a parent like you homeschooling a child yeah no problem Mm -hmm. like that's it's loving it's expansive it's you want them to learn everything like it's the most unlimiting thing, whereas your other option is way more limiting. Mm-hmm. And our mornings, too, are, like, one of my, I think, one of the best parts of our day where I, I let her sleep in as long as she needs to because she will have the it's rest of her so life nice. to wake up at 6 a.m. She does If she's sleeping until 9, I do not care. Her body needs it. Uh, we wake that's up. That's so beautiful. <laughs> we have a slow morning. We eat breakfast outside. We do the affirmation cards that you gave us. And she uh-huh. talks about why she's special and smart. <laughs> and then we do yoga and we stretch our bodies and move our bodies. It's like, 
it's such a beautiful way to wake up and get ready for the day rather than being like, okay, 6 a.m., get up, let's eat breakfast, let's start getting ready for school. And you're stressed and you're running and your mom is yelling at you because you're not ready yet and then you accidentally spill your chocolate milk, which I used to always do all the time, and then your mom's screaming and you're like, ah! (laughs) Yeah, I feel very fortunate that... Like, think of just the way that her brain is being wired because she's still so young. Like, it's so peaceful, the way Mm -hmm. her brain is being wired. Like, there's no, like, stressors. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, school immediately becomes the stressful last thing. Because, mm-hmm. again, you have to wake up at fucking 6 a.m. or earlier if your parents have to drop you off early. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, yeah. I think it's important to also note that we're not, like, shield. Like, she doesn't get to do everything she wants to do. She's not shielded. So I think it's important to note that, like... With my style, oh like, I'm very accommodating to her needs, but at the same time, I'm not putting her in a bubble where she just gets to do whatever she wants to do. There yeah. are a lot of times when she doesn't want to do something that she, like, yes. that's life, and yep. you have to do it. <laughs> yes. I think that's important, too. Like, you're not, it's not like a free-for-all carnival. Right. But it's so much more, like, relaxing and mm-hmm. natural. Exactly. To, like, her daily cycle, your daily cycle. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of letting a kid sleep, I'm like, mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> like I'm jealous. In like retrospect, because I'm like, dude, waking up was the worst <laughs> part, and it's crazy because I never really knew this until I don't know what I saw, what study I saw, but I remember I used to like on the weekend sleep till one or two p.m. Mm-hmm. like when I was a teenager, and parents would be mad they'd be like you're so lazy why are you sleeping and it's like I literally found out that your whole adolescence and childhood you're supposed to be sleeping like 10 to 12 hours mm-hmm. that's as what's per- supposed to be happening and then as an adult it lessens so that's why naturally a lot of us are on an eight to nine hour thing and like mm-hmm. that's normal but like because I used to always think like what a weird and I didn't go to bed like I went to bed at like 11 or 12 and I would sleep 12 hours <laughs> Without opening an eye once. And now I'm like, this morning, I was like, I can't wait to sleep in. And 8 a.m. I was like, hello. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude, go to bed. So that's, I feel like it's crazy that we, like, force kids to wake up and get, like, six to eight hours of sleep sometimes. And it's, like, actually for their development that they should be sleeping that long. Mm-hmm. And people don't seem to know the science of that. So then, especially for a teenager... It's like, you're lazy, what's wrong with you? Like, my, I remember my dad would be angry mm-hmm. when he'd come in the room and it was, like, noon. I'm like, you think I know what time it is? I'm just sleeping. And my body's not waking up. <laughs> like, it's my fault. Like, I know that it's noon and I'm like, I'm gonna keep sleeping. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm unconscious. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> like, I'll find out when I wake up. Yeah. It's that whole thing where if you're not productive, you're lazy. <laughs> yeah. Which is such an outdated concept because laziness has a negative connotation to it. Your body needs rest. Correct. And we are trained to ignore that and be productive and be efficient and accomplish all these things. Yes. And do not take a second to breathe. Yeah. Because if you're not contributing to society, mm-hmm. you are. And if you sleep less and you wake up at 4 a.m., you're so cool. You're a star. Like, even on TikTok when people are like, Follow me for my 4 a.m. wake up. And I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? That's upsetting to me. Like, I try to wake up early and I'm like, it feels horrible throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. 
I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, for me, like, I would love to sleep in till 9. Like, that's what my body probably <laughs> wants to do. Yeah. And I let it do it, like, maybe two or three times a week. But those other days, I like waking up at 6 so that I have an extended period of time to do everything during the day that, yes. w- that I can't do during the day that is focused around, like, me and my ed- own education and sanity. Talk about that. <laughs> no, talk about that. Like, you have, you create your own time as a mom. Yeah. That, oh my gosh, I love waking up early for that reason. It is quiet. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. No, there's a lot of books that I'm reading at one time, and I get, I'm reading so many fucking books. And I just added another one to the list. I'm like, want to join a book club? (laughs) Yeah. No, I love, love, love reading. Um, And what else do I do? I do yoga in the morning. I get the time to, like, stretch and move my body, like... It's just slow. It's for me. I'm, like, pursuing other passion projects that I get time to do in the morning because I can't do those things during the day Mm -hmm. because it's focused on my daughter. Um, I will say, though, that we go to the gym every single day, and she is so amazing because she will sit right next to the treadmill while (laughs) I'm doing my inclines. Mm -hmm. And, like, I tell her this whole day is focused around you and us having fun. So, like, the gym time is mommy's time, and this is what I need for my own sanity. Again, the so communication is outstanding. No, and it, but first of all, you're respecting yourself. You're respecting mm-hmm. your own sanity, which in turn makes you show up better for her, for your partner. But then also you're teaching her the most valuable thing of prioritizing herself, her time. Mm-hmm. And that will apply to her when she's in partnership, when she's at work, when she's like that boundary of like, no. Mm-hmm. Like I've had to really work on that like now at my job when it's 5 30 I'm signing off mm-hmm. I don't work in the ER so no one's dead here and I'm gonna go like there is no such thing as an emergency that's crazy it's an emergency to you because you have no boundaries <laughs> and like I've just I've had to work on that though because I always thought like oh I work till 7 p.m mm-hmm. yeah cool is that cool that's disgusting and now when I see people who have no boundary I'm like you <laughs> so it's so important that she's learning like it's gonna be so natural for her that's like it's the biggest gift you could give someone that she doesn't have to undo that rewire it and be like oh that's right I have to have boundaries like mm-hmm. and that happened to me in partnership also where I gave up my whole self for a person I gave up my schedule like the things that I like to do on my own were out the window because I wouldn't be like hey once a week I want to go to my coffee shop and go to the movie theater by my whatever it is because now I'm like well no it's with them and like we're gonna do stuff together like so then my thing goes out the window and then I find myself lost and then I'm resentful and I'm like it's only because I didn't say something like (laughs) they're just going along with me they don't know that they have interrupted my whole life and my schedule because I'm like no that's fine Mm -hmm. that works so you're making this all be natural to her Mm -hmm. which is it's just wild to me that people are going to there's gonna be a new generation of people who don't have to do so much undoing yeah maybe some which is fine i'm very dependent (laughs) on my family and i'm trying march so december january and february i have done a lot to like remove distractions from my life in Mm -hmm. terms of like tv social media amazon prime (laughs) i love amazon prime i know and march is like the first month that i'm starting to incorporate things that make me happy that I'm doing by myself 
which is really cool. Yeah. Thank you, Emery. <laughs> Emery. <laughs> Thanks, Emery. <laughs> what, are, what are your hobbies? I don't have any. <laughs> You're like, me? Hobbies? Never heard of them. <laughs> They're like, I could name several hobbies <laughs> based on your Instagram. <laughs> Like, we're oh. like we know your hobbies we got you <laughs> don't worry but that made me realize like I don't do anything by myself like I do deserve that time like I want to be able to go out places and not feel like I need some type of you know social crutch in a way because, I think you just get used to it yeah yeah and you forget so yeah. I'm like I just you know 2023 has been such a good year <laughs> um I know yours is on the upswing yeah 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 <laughs> I've had a really good three weeks. <laughs> we're on our way. <laughs> it was a little crazy, but um, we're in March. It's the month we've all been waiting for. <laughs> so that's it. I think we're good from here on out. Yeah. I think we're, we're ready to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm 30 or because my Saturn return is over, but I feel like this is the first time that I have, con- Ryan and I both have concrete steps to take to get the things that we want like I am so tired of telling myself oh I want to do that I want to do this I want to do that mm-hmm. and then I don't pursue it yeah like I'm, I'm fucking done with that yeah no I think it's so funny because so many people I know are coming into that space too of like why do I talk about so much shit and I don't do any of it <laughs> and then like I feel like that's also just like becoming adult and like getting your bearings on like how to balance everything because I think when you're first like thrusted into adulthood you're like okay, all I do now is work, and then on the weekends I'm really tired, so I should just, like, Netflix, like, what am I doing out here? Mm-hmm. And then I think after, like, being depressed for a decade of adulthood, your 30s, you're like, okay, wait a minute, like, what are we doing? Where is the joy? Yeah. That's why I feel like the 30s are always, like, looked upon, like, fondly. Mm-hmm. And your 20s are just, like, a fumbling around of chaos. But also pressure that like you should be figuring it out by now. By now, you that's why there's so much pressure. Years, like, and then I think by doing? thirty, you shake off that pressure. You're like, oh my god, yeah. whatever. And you start to look around, and you're like, nobody has their shit together. Uh, I have like random moments where I remember being like ten or eleven and seeing like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds, and I can put myself in my brain at that time and see my perception of them mm-hmm. of like basically an adult Mm -hmm. and then like you know I remember other people like even just remembering your parents when they were like late 30s and you're like that is like an old human being (laughs) like a like a really established right and then you get there and you're like (laughs) it's like literally a fucking (laughs) circus like it's a wild mess and everything's fine like no one's really fully figuring out anything Mm -hmm. and you're just doing your best (laughs) yeah Anybody who says they have it figured out, you should be worried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me really nervous. I actually had a conversation with someone where they asked me, like, in what ways or what was I focusing on to grow or something like that, like an area of growth that I'm focusing on right now. So I give this nice answer, and I'm like, how about you? And they were like, no, like, I'm good. Like, I figured it out. Um, I've been working on myself for a little bit now, so, yeah, I'm really content. And I was like, I could throw up. <laughs> like, a sign that you're a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, oh, good. And Lauren's like, I have notes about myself and the things I'm going to work on <laughs> yeah. every month of the You want to go on my notepad? <laughs> things are wild. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's startling. Okay, to wrap up, 
what is the best part of motherhood and what is the worst part of motherhood to balance, you know, the cushy fun stuff with the real stuff. The best part is that I am raising and in the presence of somebody who's going to have a huge impact on the world. Like, she is such a blessing to this universe. And anyone that is ever in her path should be so grateful. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Not only that, but, like, seeing her progress and learn and being a part of that process and seeing things click for her and realizing that that is Ryan and I doing a really damn good job and sometimes it's her putting me in my place (laughs) I'm just really proud of that and the most stressful thing is probably the uncertainty of the future and her growing into be a teenager just because of the way I was when I was a teenager. I drifted so far from my relationship with my parents that that's kind of something I fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, the way I feel about my parents now and the relationship that we have, I know that it, there was obviously a reason for that. And yeah. And I always ended up coming back. Yes. And it's just, like, stressful because, like, once they're an adult, they're an adult, they make their own decisions, and I just... I hope with all of my heart and my being that we have the close relationship that we do now. Yeah. Forever. I mean, she has I have that stress as someone with no kids. (laughs) Like, I think about the kid that doesn't exist, and I'm like, that has to be... Like, I think about my parents, and I'm like, that has to be just so scary. Like, my mom had to eventually loosen the reins and let me go out and have an 11 o'clock curfew. Mm -hmm. Where was I? What was I doing? Nothing good. So I'm like... (laughs) I know and it's just life because I don't know and my mom did the right thing of fighting her anxiety and just allowing because what are you going to do not to the point where it was again I was I was very like under my mom's rules and it's funny because I always say like I was a rebel within limits (laughs) I never snuck out I never snuck anyone in I never missed my curfew oh my gosh Never skipped a day of school. I skipped one day of school with my little high school boyfriend, and we went to the beach, and then I ended up telling my mom. I was like, all right, did it. And, but, you know, the few hours I was out of the house, I was being a little silly. Um, (laughs) But I was like, I wasn't ever disrespectful of, like, her rules. Oh, I was. I also felt like I had a divorced household, and I felt like internally all my rebelling was to my dad and my mom didn't deserve it Mm -hmm. so I tried to make sure she never saw it Mm -hmm. because I was like this is not about you Mm -hmm. this is not for you I'm gonna go smoke weed and drink Smirnoff with my friends because my dad is really mean to me (laughs) but you're not so I'm gonna come home right on time put some eye drops in and be like like (laughs) I just I wanted to protect her from me because I'm like you don't deserve this yeah not that I not mind you I would never let my dad see that I'm still scared of him to this day (laughs) but like in my mind, I was like, yeah, this is because my dad. <laughs> so it wasn't about my mom. I was like, that lady's a saint. She doesn't deserve this. I was such a difficult child. And <laughs> the things that I, you know, did and said to my parents, I remember vividly, like, the moment of realization of how guilty I felt and how much they didn't deserve that. And I remember calling my mom just hysterically crying. Like, I am so sorry that I treated you like that. And not once... <laughs> 
did she really even accept the apology? She was just like, I love you so much, and that's just what happens when you grow up, and it is okay. What a nice lady. It was such a beautiful moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love you guys so much. (laughs) I had that moment with my mom, but it was more like, you were right about everything. She was like, I was like a random day I called her in college, and she was like, whoa, this is my favorite phone call. (laughs) Just like shit that you think you know better than your parents, where you're like, yeah, okay. And then as I got older, I'm like, no, yeah, they really literally got it all right. For, like, the things that, like, you should look out for, things you should avoid. And I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> okay, so your biggest stress is Cassidy being a teenager. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, I hope that we always have a relationship, like, yes. forever. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds so silly, but, like, I from personal experience, I know that that's always the case once you're an adult you make your own decisions you know yes but I've also seen like a pattern of especially girls with their moms a really hard time in the teenage years but Mm -hmm. it always comes back to like normal but it's can be a rough time and the only reason I didn't go through that with my mom is because it was so bad with my dad I just wanted to have one nice relationship with a parent (laughs) so I was like girl we are not fighting I'm not fighting with you like we didn't have that thing that I've seen a lot of mothers and daughters have where it's also like you're becoming a woman so there's like this clashing Mm -hmm. of like women and like trying to like establish yourself as a woman when there's another woman being like you're not a woman yet and you're like yes I am (laughs) but like I would just like that rolled off me and my mom's back because like everything was so bad with my dad but Mm -hmm. I've seen it with other women and their daughters but I also think if I just think whatever degree it happens to is often impacted by, like, the growing up circumstances mm-hmm. or, like, how safe you felt, how trusting you felt. Even if everything, like, in the home was, like, nice, so to say, but, like, if you didn't feel safe or you didn't feel trusting for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it just, like, expands all of that. So, my guess is any problems you have will be very limited. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm manifesting my, that for you, for my future kids. I'm like, please. With my childhood, like, there were obviously, there's things in everyone's childhood that they don't, that they aren't, you know, fond of. But at the end of the day, I knew no matter what, I could call my parents and they would be there. And for that, I feel so effing grateful. Yeah. Like, eternally. Um, Cassidy also said that she wants to live with us forever. So we are putting Good. that on a I contract. So. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely and we're gonna hold her to that yeah and if not we sue her because she's not (laughs) she still sleeps with us she's five and a lot of people are just like what ew why that's like she's growing like she needs to be in her own bed and I'm just like she will sleep in her own bed for the majority of her life like I as long as she needs me and Ryan to feel safe she can be there (laughs) yes I I used to be someone who I feel like the people with the most opinions on parenting are the ones who aren't parents. And I remember being, like, younger and having no reason to have a parenting opinion. And being like, I will never, like, you have to sleep train and you have to ignore the kid while they cry. Like, I had these strong opinions about, I don't know what, I was 20 fucking years old. I don't know what the It works for some about. people, though. Like, Yes, and I feel like there's a balance to some extent. But I've also heard more and more, like that time is actually such a small window just like let it happen yeah 
again, with some balance. If it's affecting your well-being, your sleep, your relationship, mm-hmm. like, then you have to start looking into, like, okay, like, maybe we need some boundaries. But yeah. if it's just because the kid wants to, like, snuggle with you for a couple hours... And it's such a little window of time. Like, so, <laughs> so small. small. Like, a few years. Yeah. So, let him do it. And then, eventually, they're going to be like, Ew, I'm not sleeping with you. Yeah. So, like, great. Yeah. You'll have your time. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, it's been beautiful. I love you so much. I'm seriously... I know I say this all the time, but I'm so grateful for your friendship. I Me, too. I can't even express it. It's the best. Words. And also, just the way um, Cassie's going to sign a contract, I'm making you sign one that you're not leaving Orlando. Because <laughs> when you talk about, like, leaving, I'm like, where is she going? Unless we go to Raleigh together. Raleigh, I cannot move again. <laughs> I'm tired of moving. You cannot move again? I'm so tired of moving. Good, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm like, I'm just now. waiting. My realtor brain is like, I just have to get her to buy a house. I'm just going to lock her down. <laughs> We're going to get that girl a house. That's <laughs> and then she's going to feel trapped. Yeah. <laughs> just like I feel trapped. Like, I always said I was going to move around a bunch, and then I bought something, and I'm like, I guess I'm staying here. <laughs> so now I'm going to do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to make plans eventually to move to Raleigh and just make sure we're on the same timeline. Okay. Because that's how life works. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Okay, I love you. I love you.